Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? Hello. I'm doing fine, Kyle. How's your weekend? I know you were up to something secret yesterday. You had yeah. a secret activity? I, I had a secret activity. It's pretty cool. I uh, w- If you want to hear what my secret activity was, go check out the Captain's Log, which will be recording this next week. But yes, I have had a pretty cool weekend. Uh, some exciting stuff. I I cannot wait to 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 like to to tell you about. Mm-hmm. The idea was that I would just go do this thing and then get on the podcast and be like, "Bam, here it is. I did this thing. Isn't it cool?" <laughs> so I'm excited. What about you, though? How was your weekend, Ben? It's been fine. Went to see Ant Man yesterday, then ate a. Uh, a a big giant man sized meal at the Cheesecake Factory, the most quantum of restaurants, as we determined yep. to pair yep. with that film. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I hope you enjoyed the movie because um, we have a movie here to talk about today on the review yes. show. Uh, if you guys did not know each and every week here on the review show, we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic book, could be a movie, a TV show, anime, manga, all sorts of stuff. We read it, we watch it, we come back here and talk about it. This week on number 242, a palindromatic episode of the review show, we have some post-Valentine's Day spice. Uh, this is kind of my my Valentine's Day pitch. Yeah. Um, I So I... When I... Pitched you the movie that we ended up choosing for this week. I pitched you three spicy things like let's 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 get let's get a little spicy for Valentine's Day. And Melissa, you ended up picking The Handmaiden, which is Mm -hmm. what we're talking about this week. The Handmaiden. Melissa, what did you think of The Handmaiden? (laughs) First off, I think it's funny you've repeatedly and only used the word spice. Uh, it is apt for this movie. movie. It truly is. I think of when I go to my local Thai restaurant and they've got like five little peppers next to different (laughs) dishes. And it's like, how many peppers do you want? Not literally five peppers, but like that's their literal spiciness scale. (laughs) And I'm like, none, zero peppers, please. This movie is a five out of five peppers. This is downright. This isn't erotic. This is erotica. This is the most sex I've ever seen on film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they have one. There's one particular sex scene in this Mayovi that you get to see twice. Uh, and yes. the second time is like the extended director's. <laughs> <laughs> like you get all of the deleted <laughs> scenes and all the, the right. extra stuff this, that was in this that movie one. <laughs> is its own unrated cut. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I wanted to put this on my list of pitches because this yeah is the, the most erotic film I've ever seen, mm-hmm. seen outside of some things on maybe other websites or yeah. stuff like that. Right. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I when I first saw this, I went into the movie not knowing what to expect because I, I watched this two years ago ish now, a year and a half ago. Um, just kind of on a whim being like, I know that people liked this and I don't know what they liked about it. 
but it seemed mm. like one of those like maybe I should watch this for like it might win best picture or some Oscar something, right? Um I Kyle, this movie came out in 2016. <laughs> right but i i didn't watch it right away so i i, I was okay. like it, it like it, it it maybe it won something i don't know it seems important okay. is, is not like, that it what? will win something because it's no longer <laughs> eligible to win anything i mean who knows maybe we'll come up with some new award ceremony in the future for like best movies of the 20th century um, right, like the Oscar's going to initiate a new war, a new award for horniest film. They only give it out once <laughs> yes. every ten years for the yeah. previous decade. I would love that. That'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, I went into into this not knowing what to expect, and just completely had my mind blown. Uh, of of just like this is not what I thought this was at all. Uh. And there's so many twists and turns in this. You think it's yes. one thing and then it's not. And then you're like, OK, now I get what's good going on. And then, nope, you don't <laughs> like no. it's something else still. Um, and it's just it's such a wild movie. Yeah, I, I love this one. This one is it, up there with one of my favorites. It keeps twisting back onto itself. It's so compelling as like a kind of noir crime thriller just among mm -hmm. this like immediate group of people like it's just like about four people lying and double crossing and triple crossing each other yeah amidst all the sex stuff this movie has a 69 in it and it is a 69 the plot is a 69 it's it twisted back, back on itself <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> yeah um Man, I, yeah, if, if you are a fan of, like, psychological thriller crime stories, this is one to check out. If you want something that's a little more spicy, a little more erotic, right? This is absolutely one to check out. Um, yeah, I, I cannot recommend this enough. The one thing that I would say to viewers who might vaguely be interested but uh are still unsure i do think it starts kind of slow because you hmm. don't know exactly what's happening um and even though they tell you a little bit like okay we're sending you in to like basically rob these people we don't know how they're gonna rob them we don't know really what they're gonna rob them of exactly we know they have a fortune but it's just kind of vague um and right there's no big like oceans 11 like okay here's the plan mm. um we don't get that yet so it d does start a little slow but you it just it, it's no balls like it just starts to like okay that's a detail okay so they're they have books okay huh what kind of books huh okay <laughs> here we, and, and it just like one thing after and the other it starts to build up and build up and like okay she's supposed to be making sure she falls in love with him but they but they kind of have a thing going on what's this mm. here okay um yeah it's it's an, an inter interesting one for sure for mm -hmm. sure let's do a plot synopsis uh, uh -huh. for people who might want to know a little bit more about that so like we said, uh, this is a crime story set kind of early 1900s. Uh, I don't know if they say exactly when. I don't remember. I, I also wasn't able to narrow that 
down. At, at one point, a character gets a phone call. Yeah. So we, we have like phone calls. We have telegrams. We have radios. It's yeah, it seems like it's before the it's in like the 10s or 20s, I think. Yeah, um, which is I know in that kind of time period, Japan had uh, been like colonizing Korea and mm. invading it. And so there was some not great relationships happening in 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 that time period. Uh, but that's when this is set. And we start out with this young girl who is a pickpocket a thief, uh, and she is basically being planted into this rich person's house uh, to be their new hand. But like we alluded to, we know that she's actually there to rob them. Um, but she is there, like her, her job is to kind of be the handmaiden to the woman of the mm. house who seems to be kind of sick, maybe going a little stir crazy, a little ca mm. cabin fever. Um, and they think she is the weak link to this fortune here. Like if, yeah. if we can somehow kill her or trick her or something mm. to giving yeah. up her fortune then we got this in the bag here. Mm. Um, and there's an, another character there uh, who shows up. He's supposed to be like a, a, a rich young guy, a strapping young lad. Um, mm -hmm. And the handmaiden is kind of supposed to push the woman of the house be like he's hot right you love him right he's he's mm -hmm. cool why don't you go marry him um and that's kind of all we know of the plan yeah. in the first part mm -hmm. i don't really want to say too much more outside yeah. of that because that's when we start There's... getting into the twists and turns of what's in this i will say the movie is done in three parts mm -hmm. part one two and three and yeah, each time it changes to a new part, just like you have your perspective on what is happening, like completely change, um, which is neat. So do you have stuff that you want to add on to that? Things I mm. missed? I I will say when you say she's going to rob them, it's not like, OK, shove a bunch of stuff in your purse and then run away. Put the money like, in the it's bag. It's not totes. like. <laughs> Right. It's not robbing in a wet bandits since, although, I, you know, these bandits do become pretty wet as the movie yeah. goes on. <laughs> it's, it's not like that. It's more like convince this lady to marry me. I will then have access to her whole fortune. And right. uh, you know, through that, I will like get you all these like riches and jewels and like all the fancy things you've ever wanted, we can like get them from this lady. But it's more of like a, a marriage plot. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting one for sure. Um, but I guess that being said, dude, that's kind of it for our spoiler free mm. stuff. Uh so mm -hmm. we will take a quick break for some housekeeping. And when we come back, we will dive into spoilers and start breaking down the film a little bit more in depth. So, yeah, we will be right back. 
Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, Head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out once again to our Patreon supporters. We thank you a lot. We thank appreciate you. it. Uh, cool things that we've been up to here at The Whatnots, of course, on the Pilots Club, our Patreon exclusive podcast. This month, we got to talk about Puchinski, uh, the premier cop reincarnated as a dog television show that never actually mm -hmm. made it as a television show uh yes it, this was a weird one i loved it i thought it was bonkers um mm. it's it's pretty crazy but we had a blast with that uh but that being said in this next coming month the pilots club for march will be csi the original, the pilot for CSI. Uh, I thought that would be a good time ca capsule for us to go uh, b b back and check that one out. Because now they have all these like CSI spinoffs that uh, I, I don't know where they are right now. Are they still in Miami? Are they I in Las know. Vegas now? Are they on the moon? Who knows? I don't know the status of all of those like CSI spinoffs from the 2000s. I don't know if any of them still live. I they're just like constantly on. I don't know if it's new episodes or if this is reruns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if it's uh, a rerun, is this from two years ago or 15 right. years ago? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, be excited for all of that stuff. The Pilots Club has been a lot of fun making that. Um, here on the review show this past week, what did we do this past week? My mind is blanking. Uh, the uh, left right game. The left right game. I was about to say it's not Red Sonia. We did that two weeks ago, but the left right mm. game. Yeah. Um, Melissa, do you want to give a little synopsis of what that one was? The left right game is a 10 episode audio drama uh, produced by and starring Tessa Thompson. She plays a journalist who finds out about this sort of underground urban legend of a game called the Left Right Game, where you pick a city with a good grid system. You get in your car, you drive, you take a left, take a right, take a left, take a right, keep doing that over and over and over again. And eventually you pass beyond the boundaries of the world we know and you access another dimension. So she, as a journalistic effort, she joins a caravan of motley different drivers who are trying to follow the road as far as they possibly can into that other dimension. Good stuff. Thank you. Um, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Some interesting sound design 
uh, in, in that too. Yeah. Please go check it out. Uh, on the captain's log this past week, we just recorded this one about two days ago. I was asking Melissa about uh, like remakes of movies or TV shows from other countries. Uh, like what what is the equivalent of Napoleon Dynamite in Indonesia? Like what, right. what would that be like? Would you be interested in watching that? That's what we were talking about. Um, it was a fun one for sure. Uh, and then on the reactor core, not only do we have our Last of Us reactions still going up, uh, but we also now have a brand new trailer reaction for Tetris, the Apple yeah. TV Plus movie Tetris, uh, which looked fantastic. So go check mm-hmm. out that trailer reaction which we also did live on the captain's log so Mm -hmm. kind of just go watch the captain's log and it will be on there um Mm -hmm. but yeah that is about it for housekeeping so let's get into some spoilers cool back to the handmaiden um Melissa, this was your first time watching this so I I want to know what was your like what was going through your mind as you were watching this as you started to uncover these twists i i'll tell you that the movie does lay out like the initial scheme is laid out to you pretty clearly at the beginning uh who who's that that guy's name uh count fujiwara is at least his alias so this guy who's calling himself count fujiwara comes to suki who is this uh, pickpocket. She is this, she's part of this group of sort of criminals who also like take orphan babies and sell them to the more prosperous Japan in a way that gets the money, but is also like, maybe the babies are going on to a better life. We don't know. We don't know exactly how shady that is. But he's like, Suki, I have this really sheltered rich girl I want to marry so that then I can have the entire fortune and then we're going to have her like committed. We're going to declare her insane, have her committed to an asylum. And then we're going to get all the money. You go there, be her handmaiden, be with her all the time, get her to fall in love with me so that we can get married and have this scheme. And then like, mm-hmm. he's like, e- you can have all of her possessions. That's the bargaining chip he gives her. He's like every dress, every piece of jewelry you've ever wanted. You can have all of her stuff. Uh, so she signs up to go do that. And uh, I think under an alias, like she's not operating under her real name. Uh, he's not operating right. under his real name. Uh, and she goes there and you can tell that she's sort of starting to fall for Lady Hideko. Uh, and then they get they do get married. They do go through with the marriage. And then when they're going forward with the scheme to be like, oh, Lady Hideko has gone mad. We must commit her. Oh, no, my wife. I've only been married to for three days. She's already nuts. Would they do that? And then when they get to the asylum, it's like they point to Suki and they're like, she believes she's look, look at this lady, this fine lady. She believes she's nothing more than a handmaiden. So then they put her in the asylum. And then you look at Lady Hideko and she smirks like, yes, this was my plan all along. And you're like, oh, no, she betrayed her. I thought those two were really starting to fall in love. And that's yeah, the end of act like, one. What is happening? Like, why right. is she in there? What is going on? Right. So you've got the twists of the two ladies start to fall for each other. 
they do they have the sex sex scene one is in uh scene one in this first part of the movie they don't waste time getting to that uh so you've got that twist you've got the and then you've got the twist of no she's been playing her Mm-hmm. But you don't know exactly to what degree of well, were you ever sincerely like falling in love with her? What exactly was a ploy? What wasn't? And then you get to part two and it like rewinds and shows you everything from part one from like another perspective. So you, there is a clear premise situated at the beginning of the movie and you do watch that play out. But then there's twists in it. You learn that all the parties involved have kind of lied to each other. Yep. There's so much going on, but I think the movie does do a great job of making it really clearly understood. Like you're never confused about what any of these twists are. And I think it helps right. that this movie is really about like four people in like one setting. Yeah, it's not it's not complicated in the no. sense that there's like a bunch of characters to keep track of mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just. In which way have these four characters lied to each other yeah. and, and stuff like that, um, which is, yeah, which is really, really fascinating. Um, but yeah, I, I remember seeing that first twist when they get to the asylum and just yeah. being like, whoa, wait, what? This got me. Like, yeah. I, I was not expecting yes. that at all. Um, and, and, and then, yeah, in part two, they go back in time to even before they like uh who we know as the count goes back mm. to Suki. that's her her name right yeah Suki. i know she like she has an alias like she goes to the house under but that is her given name yes um so uh yeah, like it goes back in time before he even goes to her to like propose this like there's this woman that I want to marry. Mm. And you find out uh, that, yeah, uh, this w- woman, this lady of the house, uh, she she has kind of been raised since she was a child to read these erotic books to dirty mm. old perverted men. Um mm-hmm. And she is taught like taught to read them in a way that like re- like enhances the story is more erotic, all of the, that stuff. And then in in times of uh, like when a, a certain page is missing, she will be the de- 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 demonstration with like a mannequin that they have. Yeah. Here to, like, show yeah. them the position. Um, right. If in, the- just weird stuff. Yeah, the illustration's been ripped out and then the her uncle. It's so she lives with her uncle after her mother uh and like the 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 uncle, his wife and then the sister like her, the wife's sister was was Hideko's mother. After they've both died, it's just her and her uh, the weird uncle living in this giant mansion uh d- yeah, doing this weird like erotica show. Yeah. Yeah, and the, another so, like, weird if, detail about that though is that like the, the, as if these people did not intervene and plan to like rob them, she yeah. was going to get married to her uh, uncle. Yeah, he wanted to marry her. It seems like that was his goal. Was right. uh, at some point it, not she, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was his plan. We don't know exactly what he was doing to enact that plan because she is a. 
she's a young adult. She, you know, she's above 18. Seems like her and Suki were maybe about like 18, 19, like early 20s. So it's not like it's like, oh, I have to wait for this certain time and then I can marry her. So I don't know if he yeah. wants this to happen, why it hasn't happened already. Yeah. Um, but like, like that is the thing of like, oh, it, it, if, if we can swoop in there and like stop that from happening, I'm sure she, she would be appreciative to not have to marry her uncle because mm. uh, that's weird. Yeah. But um. Yeah, yeah, like she you 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 learn she has been basically groomed for this position and that's what she's been doing, uh, but that she and the count have kind of conspired to be like, well, hey, what if not not only do we get married, but we just take all of your uncle's money and like run off. And he was like, mm-hmm. I can do that uh i and and then like i'm I'm not sure exists i i don't remember exactly why he justifies uh suki being that's her request she asks uh send me a handmaiden send me a dumb naive girl uh to sort of on Yes, exactly. Right, She's like, okay. we need a scapegoat that we can throw into the asylum. And you can tell that sort of secretly she's like, and I want a, a girl I could have sex with, maybe. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she she wants the scapegoat someone to to like put in the asylum when the, they escape um, and and to kind of blame b- b- blame it on her of like, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Like, we don't want to be a part of this. Um and yeah, they they don't tell Suki that. So yeah, part one is completely recontextualized of like, oh, now we know that. Uh, I, I need to go look up her her name here. The woman of the house. I'm not gonna keep saying the woman Hideko. of the house. Hideko. Yeah. Um, like now we know that she knew this entire time, and she was playing it, and so we get the like. There's that one scene, uh, like that first night that Suki gets there and Hideko starts screaming out for her mom. Uh, but mm-hmm. now we 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 see that scene again, again playing up from her side, mm-hmm. and she's just in bed, just being like, "Ah, mom, mom!" Ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just doing un- it on purpose. She runs in, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> And so, so, yeah, by the end of part two, like that, that whole t- twist of throwing uh, Suki in the prison is recontextualized, but mm-hmm. it also adds yet another layer on top of that, which, yeah, you do see more of this romance kind of bud between these two women here. And it's just like, oh, this was also a complication, not in the plot. Suki did not think that Hideko would be as pretty as he is like was just yeah. not expecting it um like she was like oh she's been sheltered her whole life she doesn't know like what the finer things are she's rich but you know maybe she doesn't know exactly how to do her makeup or she's this like stir crazy young spinster well, when the count, that's just that when the count first comes to like this group of sort of uh, d- d- criminals of various kinds that Suki lives with. 
and he's telling them about this plot. She's like, oh, is this girl pretty? Kind of like, oh, this girl must be pretty for you to fall for. But also, like, you're not quite sure if it's that, if it's like jealousy. Like, oh, I'm going to have to spend all my time with this really pretty woman and then you're all down on myself. Or, or if it is like, I want to be around a hot chick. Let me at that hot chick. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I, I I think he he also is being like she has a fortune like her her uh, uncle has a bunch of my money. Uh, so I I could see like him be like, yeah, I'll marry her, but it's really for the money. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, what she's kind of imagining of, of just like, hey, this is only for the money. Yeah. And she gets there and she's just like, oh, shit. She like she's she's really hot um, mm-hmm. and is just just not expecting that at all. And being the handmaid and having to like wait on her hand and foot. Right. It is is like she has she's the the, the first scene of them being in this like erotic position is Hideko is in the bath and Suki yes. is washing her, but she has Hideko has a lollipop and then is c- kind of complaining uh, that her t- her tooth hurts because it's extra sharp. And then so, yeah, she takes like a thimble or something and like grinds her tooth down, but just fingers in in the mouth, like holding her face it's just like wow, she's in the bath n- naked, like, and the scene goes on a little bit longer than you think it would. And it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, I see what's happening here. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. Um, which I, I, I like that. That's kind of how it starts. Like, it is just this, like, hey, what is their form of? dentistry back then i don't know do they have stuff they might not they right. might just have homes like hey if your tooth hurts like gotta do something right. you it's can like, grind it down or something yeah yeah she says like she's she's eating this lollipop that suki gave her because she said it was like uh a trick her uh the, the one of these like like thieves or not thieves you know these sort of baby i don't know how to describe this like den group mother. of people she lives with sure a den mother who i think like when she's uh kind of cleaning up her history for a deco just says like oh my mom or my aunt or whatever mm-hmm. is like yeah my aunt has this thing where she when she's giving a baby a bath she'll give the baby a little piece of candy so the baby knows bath time is good bath time is sweet so she's found a piece of like a lollipop to give to hideko and she's like Oh, I keep my tooth is too sharp. I keep like biting my cheek or whatever. So she's like, I'll just grind that t- tooth down for you. Let me get a yeah. thimble. Apparently a thimble will do this if you work at it long enough. Yeah, I guess so. Which is an interesting thing to do because I get I well maybe not. I in my mind I was like, this is an interesting thing to do because Suki is very obviously babying her. Right. Of just like, Mm. this is a thing that my mom did for me as a baby. This is what we do to the babies in the little house that I came from. But she doesn't mention that. Uh, But it is is to like, it's like, oh, poor baby. You don't like bath time. Here's a little lollipop. Right. Uh, Mm. But then like that's like. There's also the like sexual like Lolita side mm. of that stuff in there, 
but Hideko is playing into it too. Like she's yeah. she's letting it happen. She is kind of being that pouty, mm. bratty, uh, like just yeah, like I just the like it, it's it's such an interesting scene. But I I I also now I am realizing that Suki has never really taken care of anyone but herself. So she doesn't mm, yeah. really know how to do that exactly of like, well, she's a grown ass woman, but this is all I know how to do. Here's a lollipop, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like they <laughs> care for all these babies that they are, are finding. And I do want to say, it doesn't seem like they're stealing those babies. It seems like those are right. orphaned or, or, yeah. or babies who are given up for adoption by somebody else and they just sort of run the system of selling them to people in Japan which right as i said we don't know what anybody in Japan is doing with the babies maybe it's benevolent maybe it isn't i don't know they just process the babies so there's just always babies around at home uh but it seems like no babies there for very long cuz then it gets shipped off to Japan uh yeah. yeah so yeah she really has always just been looking out for herself her whole life and then just had like a series of sort of anonymous babies that are always on her hip. So it's like babying somebody is the only way I know how to treat them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's an interesting scene because I, I don't like on one hand, it gets recontextualized knowing mm. that Hideko was tr- like kind of trying to seduce her. But also it's it like. I still feel like no one really knows exactly what's going to happen at this point in the thing. Yeah. Like she really only just met Hideko. Hideko just met her. If she does kind of start to make advances on her, is she going to reciprocate? Like what's happening here? Like, I don't know. I I know that uh, like back in that time period being gay was like, you kind of had to be a lot more closeted than you did today Mm. so is that something that would have been looked down upon like that's like i I think that was a big risk for her to Mm. take and just be like if i try seducing her is this gonna go well or not Mm. um maybe that's part of the of of the original plan though like hey if you do make advances on her and she like recoils it's it's then like okay it like then if she keeps it to herself we can kind of keep making those advances and then put her in the asylum as the, the just as a like it's hard to explain right but like it uh-huh. I, I feel like her recoiling starts to build a tension there that is e- easier for them to dismiss and put her in the asylum as a result mm. whereas if mm. she st- recoils and then speaks up then that's also mm. really like you're cr- you're cr- crazy i i didn't make those advances on yeah. you let's put yeah. you in the asylum yeah here. um but yeah that is the the one side of it that we don't know for sure is like how much did hideko just kind of want a hot girl to mess around with and it seems like that is what it is when you get into this second reveal that she is like if i am going to like we do need the scapegoat 
uh, if you're offering to do all these things for me, if you want to enter Count Fujiwara, if you're entering into this business contract with me where we are getting married for scam reasons and you need to, like, if I am able to ask certain things of you to get the deal to go forward, like, send me a handmaiden for, like, practical purposes for the scheme, for, like, kind of blending in. Uh, and, yeah, can I get a hot girl to mess around with? Right. I'm, Let me sow I'm, my wild oats before I get scam married. I'm I'm wondering if even part of that is just because she was groomed by her uh, uncle to kind of be this uh, this erotic book writer for these dirty old men, right? If that if she's just kind of tired and disgusted at what these men do, that she's mm-hmm. just like I'm 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 going to stick to kind of what i know my own stuff right um yeah i do want to say i also as dark as it is so he was at the beginning all you know is that the uncle collects rare books when he really needs to he will sell them but mostly he has other book aficionados over to his house for readings they will read part of whatever this rare book is and we just know that Hideko does the readings. We don't know what it is, you know, because we the whole first act is from Suki's point of view. She never goes to these. And then is in the second act that you reveal that they are all erotic readings that her aunt, um, the uh, the uncle's wife, like did this before her when she died, even though Hideko was a child. Somebody else has to do it now. It is your job now to read the erotic stories. And she's sitting yeah. there like fully clothed. Like it is only the reading, and then the, when the one book has is missing the illustration, she has to like get around the m- giant puppet to like replicate like this is what the position was illustrated in the book. Uh, it is, yeah, like it's she's like she's not nude. It's not any sort of any other sort of sex show you're used to seeing. I appreciated that at least it was fresh. I mean, like I've never seen anything like this in a story before. I also think it's kind of darkly funny that, no, these guys aren't going to see actual, like, nude women. They're there to see a fully right. clothed woman read about nude women. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this still exists. I don't know smut. if this happens anywhere. I think it's just imagine, like, oh, me and the boys are going out this weekend. Strip club? Nah. We're going to watch a lady read an erotic novel. Barnes and Noble after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's certainly is an, an interesting uh, thing because they're they're also like it's not I mean, it very much is sexual, but also the men aren't doing anything sexual like no. they're not j- 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 jerking off or anything. They are. No. Yeah. Kind of getting off to t- t- it mentally. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there is that one like kind of comedic scene where it points the camera at the men while she's writing this and they're all just being like, oh, <laughs> like when she gets yeah. to certain bits and just like, oh, there it is. That's the sweet spot. Um, yeah, it is both and, darker which, and more chaste than you would expect something like this to be. Exactly. That scene in particular oddly reminded me of of Kantaro. <laughs> he has <laughs> this like orgasmic food moments, right? Yeah. Oh, God, so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, like there, there, there is some comedy in this film too, mm, which I appreciate, yes. despite it having like 
very explicit subject matter, despite it being this dark psychological thriller crime story. There are funny bits in in this that I think really help the film come together. Like it gives it a sense of levity, enjoyment. Um, that like I I I keep going back to us watching Dark. Uh, the mm. Netflix show. And as yes. great as that series is, there's like not one joke in that whole thing. It's yes. just serious all the time and dark and yes. dour. And and like that could have been this movie and mm. it still would have been a great movie. But I think these more comedic moments just make it that much more well-rounded. Um yeah. To, to 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 see Hideko start screaming for her mom there that one, <laughs> yeah. one time. It's just like, oh my God, this is stupid. Yeah. Um, and there are things that are funny just because they are so startling. Like when the puppet just suddenly drops from the <laughs> ceiling and then she has to maneuver around the puppet. Or like when um I forget who it is that goes to the door of uh the uncle's library and reading room. When somebody's about to step up there and then all of a sudden a snake that's that's hokey the first time she goes <laughs> back there uh they're they're just they're, they're just like watch out snake and she looks down and screams yeah and it's just like what the fuck why is there a snake there? inside which it turns out that's a statue like it's right, not okay. even an actual snake i I didn't realize it was a statue until like the third time you see and it. And they cut it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like all these people have been that startled by just seeing a a, a stationary statue on the on the <laughs> ground. Nobody like realized this thing doesn't move. I, like they're I, not. This isn't like a scarecrow. These these aren't birds. These are well, people. It, it kind of is a scarecrow. I mean, it, not necessarily as effective as one but mm -hmm. i think it's 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 small enough and blends in with the floor that most people won't see it initially but mm -hmm. as someone opens the door all the people back like way back in that reading section can be like no you don't snake and then they, they look and they're just like ah! and, you know run away which I, I yeah is just it's ridiculous it's hilarious uh, that that's what they do. That is their security system of like, don't take another step. Go away. <laughs> like, like somebody's going to see the snake and be like, ah, snake. And then immediately turn their back and not like look any closer. Like, why is there a snake Shut in this door. mansion? How does snake get this deep into the building? Who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, but another joke I like is, and another twist is that in act one, like Suki gives uh, Hideko like a it's like a letter of recommendation that was written about her or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but she can't actually read like she starts to try and read it, but she like doesn't really know what it says. And she hands it to, to Hideko and Hideko finishes reading it. And then it, later you find out that is a, a sham letter that Count Fujiwara wrote to her. And in the middle it says, Go, don't worry about showing this to, to Suki. She can't even she read. Can't Just read. have this yeah. right in front of her face. <laughs> um, that and then uh, there's one one time when the count is giving Hideko one of her art lessons. And oh he's, he's, he's like, 
I have never seen such an exquisite apple. You really draw out the soul of this apple. And then Suki is like 10 feet away, like writing notes or, or something. And, and, and just like gags. It's like, I was thinking of like uh, so Count Fujiwara the way he sort of worms his way into the household is that he helps the uncle when he's got a really rare book he wants to hold on to but he needs money and he would sell it no he hires this guy to make a forgery right so he's the guy who does the like uh, the the calligraphy and the illustration and everything on a forged book and he's also kind of come there under the more uh, open public pretense of I am I am the lady's art teacher. I will teach her to paint. And we see a scene where they are using uh, Suki as just a life model. And we mm-hmm. see it from Suki's perspective first, where she's like sitting by the window, and then uh, Count Fujiwara and Hideko are like behind their easels on the other side of the room, and he's like kind of making a move on her, and Suki's mad. And then later you see it from the opposite perspective. And he is like, he's a legitimately good artist and he is doing these really lovely sketches of Suki. And you look at Hideko's canvas and it's the most basic childlike face. (laughs) It's great. It's so funny. We should have put that on our our bingo sheet. I love any time that a character spends a lot of time working on an art piece and finally you see it and it's it looks like it's a so kid's bad. placemat crayon drawing they do <laughs> while they're waiting for dinner at a steakhouse yeah god yeah like i i really think moments like that uh like really make this mayovi that much more well-rounded um mm. and much more enjoyable and more likable um i think but yeah um, yeah, and I want to say also that the dark subject matter is c- kind of held at arm's length a little bit. Like, there's something about the quality of this whole movie where the whole thing is so sumptuous. We even talked about the style of this movie. Like, the colors are so rich. The environments are, like, so moody and atmospheric and evocative. The whole movie is just beautiful to look at and to just sort of sink into mm-hmm. uh and like there's no even in the darker scenes there's so much beauty in it like when she's r- doing the erotic readings she's wearing a beautiful gown in this beautiful reading room the erotic the eroticism itself is like these are well written like legitimately erotic stories and you can tell that the story takes some pleasure in no erot- like even though it's being uh, poorly used in this context like Erotic writing is its own art form. We are showing some of the highest of that art form. Like there's still so much real beauty in like every part of this movie that even though these terrible things do happen, it like doesn't hit you that hard. It's it's in in a way that I like. Yeah, you're 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 not wrong, but there's also comedy in that too. Yeah, because these books that they have yeah they're rare books they're worth a lot but some of the writing is also just not good like it's just (laughs) terrible writing some some of it is kind kind of clumsy and kind of cheesy but there's other parts where it's like like, all right that's a nice phrase yeah this right true uh, yes uh, yes she she breasted boobily down the stairs right <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's it's that kind of stuff but like her job is to sit there and read this and make it sound sexy which is mm. just it's it's kind of funny 
um, but I, I, I also wanted to mention that there are some small clues that yeah. I think once you, you won't p- pick up on them until it's a second watch or until you go back and like re recontextualize stuff. But there's that first t- like because in in act one, they're like, oh, the count is coming and they they get Hideko all ready for dinner in her in her dress and jewelry and makeup. She goes downstairs and they open the door and the count stands up and it's just like, oh, mesmerizing. Uh, but he he's he's like he stands up and greets her in a way that suggests they've never met before, mm-hmm. which is interesting because then in act two, you know, oh, no, that they've they've met. Like, yeah. And they've met multiple times. Uh, and so you see that and that are are like good, like for me on the second watch knowing that they had planned this before beforehand in that scene and he stood up and acted like he had never met her i was like wait a minute that doesn't fit huh <laughs> i interesting um and then at the end of act two when uh like both of the w- women have fallen in love and they've pledged to like go run off to gay either um and they are leaving the house and running out there, they pass by the tree that Hideko's mom hung herself yeah. on. And the noose is up there again, not still, but again. Mm. Yes. We can tell but, that is like a clean, fresh rope. Right. And it's, it's quick enough that I think you can kind of be like, Oh, this is symbolic or this is a metaphor. Mm. Like no one is yeah. in the noose. Like she's now escaped it and she's yes. like g- g- going out that, that way. But then yeah, in act three, you find out no, like just like two hours before she was like, she tried to hang her, her health. Hideko like was up mm. there, had the noose around her neck mm. Like they she she was about to end it right there. Mm. Um, But then Suki came and saved her. And that's when she confessed her love. And that's when they decided to run off. uh, Yeah, she confesses to Hideko. I've been lying to you. And Hideko's like, I've also been lying to you. Like, let's both be honest with each other from here on out. We're even. Both of us tried to play each other. We're putting it behind ourselves. We know we're in love. Let's be in love and uh, let's turn the tables on on Count Fujiwara now. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say also, even the it, the rope is beautiful. Even the suicide imagery in this movie, it feels a little less tragic than in other times I've seen it in other movies because like, at, at the very beginning, at the very beginning of the movie, when Suki first comes to Hideko, she like helps Hideko get ready to go to a reading or go to dinner with the count or something like that. But like Suki is left alone in Hideko's room and she just paws through everything she owns, looks at all of her dresses, all of her jewelry, all of her mm-hmm. like dozens and dozens of pairs of gloves, tries on her hats. And she finds this uh, coiled up rope in a hat box in like the back of her closet. And at that point in the movie, you think, oh, she's still like haunted by 
her aunt's death. Uh, like, 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 I think it's mentioned early on that maybe the aunt uh, hung herself. I don't know. But you think, oh, she's yeah. so haunted. She's like kept the rope as this like totem or whatever. But even you look at the rope, it's like it looks soft. It's like really delicately like twisted. It's like a thick, sturdy rope. Like there's yeah, something it's not so just text- like tossed in the box. It's right, like right. neatly wound and up and wrapped. Yeah, right. Like even the most tragic, harsh, like gut punch imagery that would be in another movie. There's something so lavish about everything in this movie. You look at the rope and you're like, Ooh, what a rope. That's beautiful. Like you want to reach out and touch it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about this third part here when everything finally comes together. Um, Cause yeah, in through most of part two, you learn that yeah, the count and Hideko planned this out together. He was like, "I was planning on like swindling your father." Uh, like so he 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 mm. found or not father, uh, your uh, uncle. Uh, he was like, mm. "I was planning on doing that, but I needed your help to get your help. I needed to seduce you." Um. But then, like, upon meeting you, I now realize, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, uh, which I is, I guess that's one other, like, piece of evidence maybe that we could put in the column of, like, she wanted a hot girl to play with, right? Right. Uh, yes. Like, I think he can tell, like, oh, you're not interested in men. I, I, yeah. I know you're legitimately in love with with Suki. I know I'm not going to be able to seduce you if you're not attracted to me. So at least yeah. he's smart enough to realize that. Yeah, yeah, like you you could write it off like at least I know you're not interested in me. Mm-hmm. Or you could be like I can tell you're not interested in men. Period. Yeah. Um and yeah, so they they end up coming up with that new plan. We see that enacted out through most of act two but that's also where i mentioned you see this kind of romance between the two women crop Mm -hmm. up and yeah that like they run off and the end of act two is them like jumping over that like rock wall thing that little rock fence to symbolize they have escaped right they are now on the opposite side and they can go and they meet up with the count who's in the rowboat to go yeah. to that like hidden place so they can get the money. And I want to also mention that in act one, you see uh, the two ladies from behind from like a, a distant shot behind them as they hop over the rock wall and like run away together. And you think it is this act of. Uh, of sort of stress like I don't really want to marry the count but I can't stay here with my uncle I guess I have to get married to him because this is my only way out you know I'm really in love with my my handmaiden but I don't feel like I can be with her I have to marry the count so you see it under these sort of stressed like tragic circumstances because uh, you can't see their faces you're only projecting what you think they would be feeling at that time in the story mm-hmm. but then in act two when you see them doing that when they've already like confessed their love to each other, agreed, like, no, we have a new plan. We're going to trick him. You see that same scene again from a different angle where you can like see their faces. You're closer to them. They're like giggling. They are so happy. It's like we're running away together with each other for our own future. 
I love just having that one shot, just changing the angle on that, and you get an absolutely different feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And l- like you said, like after confessing their love for one another, they're like, hey, let's make a new plan. Let's us take the money and run. But to do that, we kind of still need to follow what the count thinks is the plan. So yes. I, we were going to put you in the asylum, Sioki. So I like we we need to get you in the asylum, but also we need to like pay them off to like be like, hey, she needs to be here for a week. But after a week, you can let her go. Like there'll be something that there's that big fire, which is mm-hmm. also one of the like the funnier scenes yes. also happens in the asylum. There's the one where yeah. she eats the rice ball and there's like a, a cricket inside the rice ball yeah. or something. And she's just, it's like she just starts laughing and just goes, <laughs> fuck, like this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is is intercut with uh, Hidejideko at this like super nice, like fancy restaurant mm. Uh, mm. where she's e- eating like steak and right just has the like the fanciest meal. Uh, and then there is a fire that ha- happens in the asylum, uh, which is her cue to get out. But when they put the fire suits on, when the, when the, the, the people who work there, they're just these big old bulky fire suits yeah, and they're like lumbering it's around. Goofy looking. Tr- it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is the the, pl- the plan to like make it look like she goes in the asylum. Like you might need to stay there for a couple nights, but essentially you can get out uh, and do all of that. Uh, but yeah at the same time like she's over there getting the money they need to somehow poison the count to uh like get him out of the way and then they can escape and like that's that's their plan um and it goes mostly according to plan i think mm-hmm. uh by this point the uncle has kind of figured out that they've stolen his money and ran off we saw that big scene with suki destroying all of the books once she found out like what hideko actually does uh back there um it's not some like because when she tries to go in that one scene and was like ah snake um (laughs) like there's also that scene of the count being like the snake guards the threshold of knowledge. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. Like, <laughs> I, um, the knowledge it, is just like d- how different boobs look. Yeah, <laughs> different positions. Um, right. It, yeah. Like it. it so like we, we, we get all of that stuff. So he has now sent p- people to go track them down down and find this money um and it it, like in the midst of all of that this is where hideko tries to get the count to take the poison the poison specifically for cusco cusco's poison (laughs) Um, yeah and and he's not drinking the wine whether he knows that something is up or not is unclear exactly Mm -hmm but they do she was is like what if i can make it more sexual more erotic and like force him to drink this and like what if i have it in my mouth but then 
like baby yeah i kiss him and then i i like spit the wine into his mouth yeah like we're sharing it that's that was a neat tactic yeah uh because she she will probably sleep pretty well on those tranquilizers but he obviously had a lot more than like what she ingested so he's he's out uh she manages to take the money and escape and we get yet another really funny scene when he finally wakes up and there's those two guys there just looking at 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 him being like you need to come with us and he like wakes up and heads up (laughs) him and he's naked from the waist down you just see his butt as he's like right and i morning give me my pants uh, yeah you're right i forget about the part where he wakes up and he immediately tries to slide into a casual pose there's something else about the count at the beginning of part three it's like after they've been married they've sent suki to the asylum him and hideko are having like a fancy luncheon somewhere Mm -hmm. and he talks about his history about how all he wants is like he wants to be a man of means like the, the count has always been his nickname he was this like poor kid who like would scrounge up money he like yeah, it, it's a nickname a, not a title yeah yeah exactly yeah like he's he would scrounge up money he'd like go you know spend like a month's yeah, little scroungings and go to a brothel brothel but like all the fancier men who would go to the brothel thought it was so funny that there's little like street rats like trying so hard to get in and he would like want fancier things after a while they like laugh and joke like oh look at this little count over here and they'd like give him their hand-me-downs or whatever. So he's always had this taste for like fine clothing, fine shoes, cologne, wines, fine food, gourmet things. Mm-hmm. Like he's in love with, he says the apps, like his highest goal, the thing he loves more than anything. He's like, I want to be able to order a wine without looking at how much it costs. Like he's into like the comfort of all of the riches, less so than any sort of like, power over over other people necessarily also the, the like the theatrics because you don't yeah you don't order a bottle of wine without looking at the price if you're eating by yourself i mean maybe mm-hmm. you do but like kind of the point of that is to show off right Just yeah be like your finest wine over here mm-hmm. uh, but while they're at this luncheon he looks over at like another rich fancy guy and the way he looks at him, I'm like, is that jealousy over I want what this man has? Or like, is he also gay? Like the way he looked at that guy, I'm like, are you oh, also attracted to the guy? Not just the guy's wealth? I didn't pick up on that. So um, then when he tried to uh, to assault Hideko, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, you are legitimately sexually attracted to her? This isn't like some sort of like a ploy the whole thing hasn't been a sham i thought that was going to be another twist that he's also gay and he's like no i I never i strictly was in it for the money you know i just put up an act to say like oh you're pretty i i i could see him being bisexual if that was a Mm, means to like help his thieving career like his 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 scams and his cons and stuff like that Mm. um like if, if he might have to do what he needs to do right um, right and i don't want to act that like him having sexual interest in that he is trying to assault hideko that that like overwrites any way he might have looked at that guy in the restaurant earlier who could be attracted to 
towards you know, he can be anywhere on the sexuality spectrum. I was just expecting, oh, this is a twist that he's like, no, you're okay. not interested in men. I'm not interested in women. I, I just want money. I just want fancy things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he gets arrested. He gets caught with his pants down. Um, yeah, literally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Caught with his pants entirely off on the other side of the room. And uh, when they arrest him and they bring him back to the uncle, he he opens up his cigarettes uh, and takes out three cigarettes and just starts smoking three <gasps> cigarettes at the same time. And the other the two, two guys who are next to him just start like trying not to cough, just being like. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> right you think like, he's so gonna dumb. like what is happening here? light through light three cigarettes and offer the other two to the other two guys right. who have captured him as sort of like a maybe we can be friends maybe we can help each other out no he smokes three cigarettes at once by himself what's actually happening here in this scene once you realize that because he 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 opens up his cigarette case and he has five cigarettes, right? He has yes. two that are like colored blue-ish, I, yes. if I remember. And yeah, then there's the used- three like white ones. And we see Down him earlier road. in the movie when he is like working on the erotic. He's just drawing hentai for the uncle <laughs> when he and he's or like he does a sketch of like how he imagines one of the nude women in the stories that Hideko was just reading. And the uncle's all like, hey, do you, do you want anything out of Hideko? And the, and the count's like, you know, he like draws this erotic woman and then like puts tobacco in the paper and rolls it up and smokes it. He's like, this is how I like my women. Like that's sort of how he gets off is that he illustrates a beautiful nude woman and like smokes the paper he just drew. Just really interesting. Never seen that before. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you and then you see a cigarette case of all these hand rolled like special cigarettes. You've got three white yeah. ones and two blue ones, and you don't know what those mean. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, we then find out a little bit down the down the road. He he smoked those three cigarettes to make sure he only had those two yes. left because they are poison cigarettes. Uh, they have mercury in them, and he he knows that if if he smokes one of those, like he will die. This is his way, his like poison capsule in the back of his t- yeah. tooth. It's that or a way like if he wants to kill someone without like shooting them or stabbing them, yeah. he can give them one of the like oh it's it's a hemp's cigarette, right? It's mm. it's it's my special. Uh, and then they could smoke that and they'll die um and so yeah like when when you don't necessarily know the context it's just like this is funny this is ridiculous what's happening here and then you Mm -hmm. look back and you're just like oh he he like he he knew from back then he was like i'm gonna have to either kill myself or kill the uncle here like yeah like this is it um, mm. which is, a, yeah, just a much darker realization. Um, yeah. I he, he really like tortured by the uncle there at the end. I like that final scene in the torture dungeon. Cause it's such a, like he's being tortured with book binding <laughs> equipment. There is like a, like one of big the big paper, paper slicers. Yeah. yeah. Like he's got those, he cuts off all his fingers. He's also got like a full octopus in a tank. 
which is something back else we there. have not talked about. Yes. Right. The uncle, the first t- time we see him, his tongue and his lips are black. Yeah. Uh, like like he's been sucking on a lollipop or had some like grape soda that like turned his tongue mm. all purple. But it's, mm. it's, it's black. It is just dark yeah. black. And so it makes the uncle seem that much crazier that much weirder or eccentric and you don't know at first why this is a thing in act two you learn he's diluting his ink with his own saliva like he yeah he's just licking his pen pen yeah and and, and then yeah and then we'll we'll go that 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 way which is also kind like has this erotic nature in it of its own right that he, he is putting some of himself into the work and or like he's putting the work into himself even right um there's this exchange of fluids uh in Mm. in in that which is which is interesting and you can probably guess where he gets the ink but we aren't shown it until that third final act he has that like squid octopus uh is is octopus ink writing ink can you use that to write with i don't see why not (laughs) they might uh i i I don't know though so there might be some like actually you can't and it's this or that here's right uh we call it ink but i don't know if it is ink that you put in a little ink pot well that's the thing like uh, ink is made from all sorts of different things like ink ink is just a mixture of stuff um you you can make ink with all all kinds of things as long as it can stain the paper right like yeah yeah that's true so if he can like distill that the the octopus ink down i think that's what he's doing here Um, i i did google it it looks like yeah, it's kind of an obscure, archaic process, but theoretically, yes, you can write with octopus ink. Which is kind of the thing with all his tools in that basement is like, those are the older tools. These are the old ways yeah. to make bro- the like yes. handcrafted uh, ways, um, which is why some like why the count can kind of go in there with this. Like I'm, I'm a forger. Like I know how to do all this stuff. Yeah. I heard you have all of these, like this special equipment. I would love one day to like try it out. Um, Right. That makes sense. Yes. Maybe that is more valuable. I thought the octopus was just there for hentai reasons. I I thought he would just make too. Right. Just let that octopus loose on on some poor lady. I didn't think about, oh, octopuses produce ink. Like, he uses the ink for the books. I was distracted by how he just has junk in jars. Literally, there's just, like, a penis in a jar. It's like he took an entire, like... like one does, you know. Right, there's a vagina in a jar. Like, he just lopped off a whole, like, pubis mons, put it in a jar. Like, we don't... And we don't even know, like, did you collect these did you buy these on some black market or like did you do that did you cut off some junk and put it in a jar yeah it's it's creepy it's twisted the whole thing is just kind of messed up um mm-hmm. but but yeah but he, also he like so preposterous it is 
a little comedic to just have a dick in a jar floating over this guy's shoulder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, the count gets a bunch of his fingers chopped off, uh, at, at least on one hand. He ends yeah. up smoking the cigarettes and hot boxes, the torture book chamber, uh, <laughs> Uh, and they both die of mercury poisoning in there. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess is 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 the uh, the conclusion to their stories. Um, but in the meantime, the uncle had still sent people out to look for his. Oh yeah, niece yeah. And the money, and they figured, well, if we if they're not with the count, they must be somewhere else. I wonder if they're trying to escape uh the the country or something so they mm-hmm. are looking at all the ports all you know yeah 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 you know um but the two women escape by dressing one of them up as a man and yeah because uh, they're like they're looking for two women so hideko is gonna like put on a hat and keep her head down and have glasses and have like a little fake mustache and wear a suit and they like yeah. for you see them forging the passport and like it, it didn't click with me at first, at least that that is Hideko disguised as a man. I'm like, I don't know who this is. What's <laughs> happening? Because you see yeah. it in close ups, like the passport being forged. And later you realize that's what it means. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, it's they they escape and they get on the boat and they live happily ever after in le- lesbian. La 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 la. Yeah. Just doing stuff of money. with bells. I. Which is I, one of the things in the books that they read. They, yeah, there was like yeah. The, the, like the bells on the wind, right? And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like that there was always a sign outside of the reading room with the title of the story, and the title is always relatively innocuous. But yeah. then you go in, and it's like, no, you put these bells in your vagina, and you rub them around, and that's what they do. And that's the final act. This is the final thing we see. <laughs> yep, yep. Another six scene there yeah i like i i absolutely love this the twists and turns in this are spectacular um we we didn't even really talk about that second sex scene that you then see more of like yeah the, the, the first the first time you see that sex scene it really is like okay they're showing a little bit more than i expected but like it, it doesn't really linger too long on on stuff and it then moves on but that second time like it just goes on and it's like yeah it's a lot oh i'm just watching them have sex (laughs) like right absolutely (laughs) fully triple x there is a vagina point of view shot they they put on the (laughs) cunnilingus cam for this movie didn't have that on my bingo card right i right? know i'm so disappointed <laughs> vagina cam <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it, yeah it's um absolutely the most erotic film that i've seen uh but yeah i i, I cannot recommend this movie enough it is so good it's fun out really outstanding on like so many different fronts. Like if you want, if you don't have a clear answer for what is the most erotic movie you've ever seen and you feel like you should have an answer for that question, you should have a number one with a bullet handmaiden. Great handmaiden. Great for that. You just want a really good twisty movie. It's got kind of 
I want to say kind of noir vibes and that you you could describe Hideko as a femme fatale. I, do, I don't know. I don't know the genre conventions of noir soup. Once we get outside of light being shown through horizontal blinds, they, I don't know for sure if I'm in noir land or not. It kind of switches because of the twist, right? At first, Hideko yeah. is kind of the damsel, right? She is the, the, the like helpless lady. But then, yeah, in act two, she is more of the femme fatale of, of like, no, let's let's put the script here. Like, let's let's actually take action. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's still mm. still good no matter what. Yeah, this everything this movie wants to accomplish, I think it really succeeds at. There's so many different facets of this movie that really work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any other kind of final thoughts that you want to add to this one? No, let's get to bingo. Cause I think this is actually a pretty successful bingo movie. Yeah. I just pulled it up on screen. So let's see here. Um, uh, I, I, we definitely got the wrong time or place for a heart to heart. Uh, which is Hideko in a noose and her holding oh, yeah. her, her up and them confessing their love for one another. And she lets go for, for, for a bit. And it's like, oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to put that one in. Uh, let's see. Phil. Man, I've got a lot. Heart. I've Here got go. disguise. I've got secret door. Secret door. I've got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Puppet. Diary Puppet. entry. Uh, character gets stuck with a kid. Uh, yeah, I, and I feel like the I feel like character who gets stuck with a kid is not the spirit of what we put on no. our bingo sheet. No, no. Oh. Um, uh, I've got one for three sexy red dresses. In this case, it is a kimono. Okay. But- yeah. The 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 dresses of various cultures. Oh no! Yeah, disguise. I'm close to getting. I'm filling stuff in. Uh, I feel like I can't do uncomfortable dinner party because the uncomfortable dinner is just like Hideko and the uncle and the count. Like that's too small. That's just a dinner. Yeah, and I I I don't feel like it really lingered on the dinner party there. That one's not close enough. Yeah. This um, this household probably had a butler, but we didn't really focus on it. I mean, it's called the Handmaiden. Let's see. Shit. Yeah, we had a couple things. I was very uh, happy. <laughs> even if it's in the weirdest circumstances, I get right. a puppet. Parted to death. No hot dogs for me. Locked room mystery. No, not really. No cows. No secret royalty. Was anyone literally hiding in a closet? No, I don't think so. Really? I think that's all I got. I got wrong time or place for a heart to heart and a disguise. There you go. You're you're getting close on a couple. You need a cow and a treasure map. Uh, (laughs) Don't we all? Right. Well, there you go. That's our our bingo up update for this week, uh, which means I will switch that there. Let's do 
recommendations. If you enjoyed this, what else might you like? Melissa, we'll start with you. Uh, this is a movie I haven't seen yet, but based on everything I've heard about it, it seems like an appropriate match. You might like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This is a 2019 French film. It's set in 1770. Marianne, a painter, is commissioned to do the wedding portrait of Heloise, a young woman who has just left the convent. Heloise is a reluctant bride-to-be, and Marianne must paint her without her knowing. She observes her by day to paint her secretly. I think it's like the, the husband-to-be hires this painter to paint his, his bride while he's mm-hmm. off on, on business or whatever. So it's just these two women around the household, and they secretly fall in love with each other. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, that's okay. what I think the movie is. Again, haven't seen it. Neither have I. So I cannot confirm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't recommend that. I know that the director of The Handmaiden, Park Chan-wook, had a movie that came out last year called Decision to Leave that is also a kind of erotic crime thriller. I've heard people rave about this. They say they really like the Again, like this, they're like, I like yeah. the twists. I like the eroticism. And it's shot beautifully. That's what I've heard from people. There's truly amazing cinematography in this thing. Yeah. Um, I So th- this director, Park Chan-wook, uh, is pretty well known. I've seen Old Boy uh, from, from him. What I did not know when I watched Old Boy, or I think that gets lost in the conversation around Old Boy, boy is that if i'm not mistaken uh that's like the second one in a trilogy of movies which i did not know but old boy specifically is the one that i think a lot of people talk about um if you guys have seen the daredevil netflix show the hallway fight scene that's in that is based off of old boy uh and some of the the stuff that's in that um yeah uh that movie is also very very dark it is fucked up uh that that mm-hmm. is a movie that is yeah it, it is kind it's if if you're into crime and thrillers and psychological thrillers it's definitely one to check out but it's also real fucked up <laughs> um so yeah, like he he did that. He was a producer on Snowpiercer, uh, both the mm. movie uh, and he was an executive producer on the show as well. Um, but yeah, it was Decision to Leave, The Handmaiden, uh, a movie called Thirst and I'm a cyborg, but that's OK, are all Aww. movies that he uh, wrote and directed and produced uh he's done a lot more than than that but those are the ones where he did all three um uh i'm a cyborg and that's okay sounds like a barney song where he teaches you to love yourself cyborg and that's cyborg and i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) i i now have to go check out that that one because that sounds Mm -hmm. right up my alley (laughs) yeah it's it's a romantic comedy wow from 2006 there you go Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say go check out Old Boy. Um, I would also put Pach- P- Pachinko 
uh, oh, good. It's, yeah. not, it's not an erotic romance spicy thing there, uh, but it is set in the same time period. It is uh, like part Korean, part Japanese. Uh, they, they they speak both of the languages in that. There's a little, little bit of Eng- English mixed in there, too, because half of the story t- t- takes place in like closer to modern day times and then half of it takes place in the like early 1900s as Japan is invading and colonizing and Mm. taking a bunch of Koreans over to Japan uh, and stuff like that. Uh, But Pachinko, man, incredible show. I loved Mm. that masterful storytelling would highly recommend that one as well. But that's more just like a family drama. Um, Yeah than anything else but spectacular stuff so uh speaking of family drama next week on the podcast we are going to be continuing our monthly ongoing series on the fast and furious movies by talking about four five and six so that's fast ampersand furious fast five and fast and furious six i forget the exact name of the sixth one but we'll talk about those three next week I do have one more recommendation. Oh, oh sorry. I do. Want I saw I, you saw That's you fine. said it, family. I jumped on the transition point. Go for I, it. I don't blame you at all. Uh, <laughs> Parasite. Go watch Parasite. Yeah, that yeah one was it feels obvious. Um, yeah, that one is. We did cover that. Let me look up what episode number it was. A while ago. Um, yeah. Parasite. Episode 102. Uh, and we had our friend Jack join us. It was, mm-hmm. it was you and Jack, and I was producing that one just as yeah. an experiment to see, like, could I not be on the episode, but also be on right. it, kind of, still? You made me but, click but yeah. all the buttons, and you just hovered around in case I had questions about the buttons I click. We haven't tried it since then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I just had to, to put that one out there in the recommendations, yeah. too. So. Go check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. next week, Fast and Furious is the Fast and Fury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about more Fast and the Furious. That's our end of the month specials for this month and next month. Um, yeah, as well, to all of course in anticipation for Fast X. Which we also have mm-hmm. the trailer reaction up uh, on yeah. our YouTube channel. Uh, you guys can go check that out, too. So there you go. But M- Melissa, do you have pitches ready for the week after that? Yes, I do. Uh, I have three movies, which means we're going to have three episodes in a row that are all movies. But I did this in honor of the Oscars coming up on March 12th. We'll be recording this episode cool. shortly before the Oscars. It is my goal to make sure that we have watched a movie that has been an award winner in every Oscars category. The fact that we've watched Titanic and the Godfather trilogy already does a lot for us. We watched Parasite. We've watched numerous Best Picture winners. So a lot of the awards are already crossed off. Mm -hmm. But we have not watched any film that is won for Best Supporting Actress. Cool. So I have three films with Best Supporting Actresses. Film one from the year 1990, Little Gold Man going to Whoopi Goldberg. It's Ghost. Ghost. Sam Wheat 
is a banker, Molly Jensen is an artist, and the two were madly in love. However, when Sam is murdered by friend and corrupt business partner Carl Bruner over a shady business deal, he is left to roam the earth as a powerless spirit. When he learns of Carl's betrayal, Sam must seek the help of psychic Oda Mae Brown to set things right and protect Molly from Carl and his goons. Love a good goon. Right? (laughs) Ghost. I have seen Ghost before. Uh, It's fun. It's another one of those movies that has a lot going on. Like it's an excellent romance. You've all seen the pottery wheel scene. It's got Mm -hmm. cool ghost stuff. Like when he's a ghost, he has to learn how to be a ghost. He has a ghost mentor who teaches him to like float through walls and possess people. It's got some drama, some mystery, some comedy, a little bit of everything. A fun time is ghost. Yeah. Film number two from 2007, statue going to Tilda Swinton, past review show Mm all-star. We have Michael Clayton. Uh, a Ooh, title I yes. know, but I've any movie where the title is the main character's name kind of sticks in my head because I'm even though I've never seen it, I always wonder about it. Like, who is Michael Clayton and what does he do that's so special that the movie's named after him? Yeah. Okay. okay. I, so the description for this is problem fixer Michael Clayton. This is George Clooney, the star is brought in to clean up the mess after one of his law firm's top litigators suffers a breakdown while representing a corrupt chemical corporation in a multi-billion dollar legal suit. Under pressure to appease the firm's clients, Clayton finds himself torn between his desire to do the right thing and a pressing need to pay off spiraling personal debts. Uh, I'm not sure where Tilda Swinton fits into this movie, but I think I have heard people mention she is very good in this movie. Oh, it seems like a notable performance. Here's find out who she is, who the heck Michael Clayton is, and why he's so special. Yeah. And film number three from 2014, the award going to Patricia Arquette. This is the movie Boyhood. The joys and pitfalls of growing up are seen through the eyes of a child named Mason, his parents, and his sister. Vignettes filmed with the same cast over the course of 12 years. Capture family meals, road trips, birthday parties, graduations, and other important milestones. Songs from Coldplay, Arcade Fire, and other artists capture the time period. Directed by Richard Linklater. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a Richard Linklater movie before. It's not a director. It's a director whose style I know uh, just from general pop culture osmosis, but I do not personally know it well. There is such a unique structure to this movie. Nobody else has really done where he picked out his cast and returned to him every couple of years to film the boy as the boy grows uh, okay. up. Okay. I have heard of this one. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I knew that. They, yeah, there was a movie out there that did this thing that like cast him when he was real. Young, but yeah, I didn't know exactly what it was. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And. Patricia Arquette plays his mom. We can see her win an Oscar. So our three options are Ghost, Michael Clayton, or Boyhood. Ooh, man. Um, Melissa, I'm going to have to go with Michael Clayton. Something about you perked up when I said this movie, and I want to know why. 
I've been hearing, I, like, I've heard the name Michael Clayton on a number of <laughs> podcasts recently, as in, like, oh, oh that Michael Cl- Clayton film, it's a great one. Like, one of the wow. all-time best. Yeah, like, you you need to watch. And, like, uh, it, like it mentioned by critics and journalists that i like really respect their opinions on 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 stuff and so to hear them just like continually mention this i'm I'm just like i you know i should investigate this like i I should go find (laughs) out who this michael clayton is one day so the fact that you pitched it is just kind of serendipitous i'm like oh i've been meaning to watch this (laughs) (laughs) good I thought I would get you on Tilda Swinton, who we've been impressed with in the past. And we were just saying when we talked about the Tetris trailer that we love a story where somebody has to make a deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm super excited about this because I yeah, I don't really know what the exact plot of, of yeah. this is or why they keep mentioning it on all these different podcasts mm-hmm. that I listen to. It's like, why are they so obsessed with this film? Uh, so i am i am excited to check this out michael clayton that's what we'll do Mm -hmm. the poster here on wikipedia says says, the truth can be adjusted (laughs) there you go okay (laughs) thrilling thrilling indeed but yeah i'm excited for all of that uh fast and the furious then the the second trilogy uh in the mm. fast saga um so yeah that is what we will do next week and then michael clayton after that following week uh let yeah lots of cool, cool things coming up lots of good good mm-hmm. fun stuff um melissa where can the people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t listen to my other podcast saturday morning obscurities this is a show I record with my brother Jams, where we talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. Uh, we've taken a bit of a ex- unintentionally extended hiatus over like winter. We both had stuff going on. It was hard to schedule a time to sit down together, but we recorded a new episode last night. So oh, we cool. will be back at it again soon. And we are uh, making our episodes a little shorter, a little simpler. And we're cutting our release schedule down from what used to be every other week to now once a month. So we're making it easy on ourselves so that we can do it consistently and we can do one episode a month without breaking for several months. Cool, cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Well, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you guys want to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots. So please go like, share and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. Uh, If you are watching the YouTube version of this, go check out one of our other videos right over there on that side of the screen. That would help us out a ton. Uh, But this has been number 242 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.